Welcome all. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast Rebirth episode number five. And uh, I am very excited to have uh, this guest on with me today. Uh, she is a wife, mother, writer, podcaster, trier of new things. You can find her podcast on uh, Apple and Spotify. It is uh, the Everyday Wife Podcast, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, and you can find her on her website. It's uh, everydaywife.com. Is that correct? everydaywife.com. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And uh, her name is uh, Annalise and uh, she runs the Instagram page and social media platform, uh, Feminine Not Feminist. Uh, Annalise, welcome to uh, the Discovering Masculinity podcast. It is uh, an honor to uh, to have you on the show today. Uh, so um, let's go ahead and uh, and kind of dive into. Uh, I, I like to the way I like to do this podcast is uh, I'd like to jump in with both both feet right away, just jump in feet first. So, um, first question I ask every guest: this, regardless of man, woman, um, you know, ch- uh, child, or, or whoever I've had on the podcast, um, it, um, what does it mean, or what are some of the uh, the issues that you see from your perspective um, that uh, that come across? or that, um, that men face overall today in the Western world in the, uh, in the 21st century? Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Um, and this question could go in a lot of directions. So I think I'll just hone in on one thing. And I think it's something that is similar for women, but it's also different. Um, and that is lack of guidance, lack of, um, someone coming alongside and and pointing them in the right direction and this is a problem obviously women face and we see this in the scriptures of titus 2 it talks about older women teaching younger women but there's also the the masculine side of that of men need other men coming alongside them pointing them in the right direction and um where that is absent that leaves a, a really big hole and I think a lot of the problems we see have to do with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I um, kind of uh, branching off of that a, a little bit. One of the things that uh, we do see a lot in our culture today, especially um, among, well, among men and women, but just the uh, the fatherlessness epidemic that we see uh, uh, going on in the, in the world today. I think that's a, a really great uh um, that that's a contributing factor to a lot of things. And it's not just, I've heard different, you know, um, shows and platforms talk about in, in specific communities and demographics, but I, th- but it's become a lot more common just even, even across the board. And, um, I, I, I'm really thankful that I've had a, a very strong fatherly influence, but, uh, I, I do see that is something that, that we see across the board with that men face today. And even, uh, just lack of one thing that men try and men do a lot is, uh, and I, I don't know how, how much it is with, uh, with women, but men try to, to be kind of like that long 
lone wolf and just uh, isolate themselves and not really reach out and, and form a, a sense of community or, or even um, John Eldridge talks about it a lot, find any type of initiation or, or growth. And we actually, uh, Jonathan Rios and I, in, in, our, in our last episode, talked a little bit about some of the things that he does to help help initiate men. So I think that's a yeah very very valid point. There's there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of guidance, not a lot of initiation. There's not a lot of uh, strong father figures uh, in in a lot of men's lives today. Um, but um, kind of uh, branching off of of that, um, from from your perspective, um, I, I want to talk to uh, a little bit about the state of how men and women are inter- interacting with each other today, mm, you know, yeah. what, what's, what's your perspective on, on that and how the, uh, how the two genders are, are, are interacting with each other right now? Yeah. Well, you have this thing called feminism <laughs> that has a lot to say about that. And unfortunately has influenced um, both men and women. And it presents feminism presents the male female relationship as inherently a power struggle um an oppressor versus oppressed dynamic and so even if someone doesn't grow up necessarily with blatant feminist theory or thinking um it's still in our culture today it's so pervasive that people that men and women often see that relationship as a power struggle or as um, a a competition. And that is to fundamentally misunderstand how God created men and women to interact. We're not supposed to be in competition with one another. Um, We're supposed to be a blessing to one another, which we can talk more about. But um, I think that's the, the best way to sum it up is that many people see the male female relationship as being inherently um inherently competitive mm-hmm. which is if that's how you're entering relationships and you you have your guard up and um you're suspicious of the other person and it's just kind of this you know tentatively walking around the situation and and not really um experiencing the blessings that are <laughs> that it's meant to be so yeah yeah and yeah when when you go into um yeah a relationship between between a man and a woman i feel like a a healthy relationship is supposed to be complementary rather than adversarial and i think that's a lot of of what we're we're seeing today and and i don't know how you know how how much knowledge you, you have of the but there's a, a movement online called the the men's movement or the red pill movement and it's kind of like the it's become the 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 men's equivalency almost of uh will spencer talked about this it's called kind of called become the the uh the male equivalency of of modern feminism it's it's men's answer to to modern feminism as far as yeah. like the oppressor that you know the the justice system oppresses men in in divorce court the you know the um hypergamy and and you know things things that we see running rampant that that are very real things but it just kind of causes you know if a lot of men they look at at, uh, relationships with with women um, they'll look at it from the perspective of well you know if a woman needs me like a fish needs a bicycle then I really don't need 
don't need a woman mm-hmm. either. And so, I mean, there's uh, many studies that I've seen and, and I want to kind of get your, your take on, on this a little bit too. Um, I, I've seen a lot of studies that there's a lot of uh, just like the, the amount of single men or, or men that aren't in, in any type of serious relationship right now is, is higher uh, at, at this point in history, probably more so than, than any other. So I, it, um, do you think that's, uh, what what other contributing factors do you do you see playing into that? Yeah, I mean, and and so I think that there's a similar problem for women because there is this prolonged adolescence that's taking place, um, and you know it's 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 very easy to stay like in a childish state today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that are just kind of handed over to us and. Um, I think if you have one, that inherent suspicion of male-female relationships, there's going to be the hesitancy there. And then we're incentivized in our culture to stay single longer. Um, I I obviously can't, I'm familiar with the men's movement a little bit, but I'm Mm -hmm. not there. I know men going their own way and and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, But something I see on the female end of things is one, that suspicion um, and then two, there's not, again, to go back to the guidance, there's not a lot of guidance with relationships. This is how you find a spouse. This is what to look for in a spouse. This is how you have a healthy dating, uh, courtship, whatever. Um, there's, there's a big lack of that. And, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of women, they'll come and they'll message me. And the question is always, how do I find a godly spouse? Or how do I find a strong masculine man or this and this. And I'm just amazed at how some of the things that I think are obvious are not obvious. (laughs) Um, so all that to say, yes, I definitely think that is a, um, I haven't seen the studies that you referenced, but observationally, um, there's a lot of things that are discouraging marriage in our culture Mm -hmm. and it's not talked about in this beautiful desirable way it's just not um unless you're in certain corners of the internet where i (laughs) right yeah 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 (laughs) yeah and that was actually one thing that uh that kind of stuck with me uh a few years ago it was about a year and a half ago uh i actually was was honored to have uh dennis prager on uh on the show and that was one thing that that he kind of harped on was like, if you want to have a successful life, you need to find a spouse and and get married because there's so many there's so many benefits to to being uh, to to being married and especially, I mean, one of the things that that he did talk about was, and this was before you know we started seeing this inflation crisis going on right now. But one of the things he talked about it that just kind of comes to mind the the first time is like you you have that extra set of resources that someone else can bring to the bring to the table in a in a healthy mm-hmm. way, and and you know it's it's I'm single myself, and and you know it, it's hard to you know I, I live. I live in the Nashville area and things aren't getting any cheaper here. And, and, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, and, and I used to, used to live in Phoenix. And so I know, you know, the cost of living out there was, was always going up and it was becoming more and more comparable to places like California. So just looking at that and having that extra, that extra income there and where you can kind of pool your resources and, and, and come together on that, that's one of the huge benefits, but, but yeah, we, we just on, on social media platforms in both ways, like it, it's like, 
the the lone wolf is uh, is celebrated in when it comes to masculine culture being stoic out there and, and alone and and then in i feel like in you know in, in on for the women's side it strong it, independent women mm-hmm. that kind of yeah prototype. yeah the uh, yeah the 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 boss babe culture i guess is yeah. the, the the way the way to put it and and we we feel that we feel that just as much with the things that we like and the things that we consume and and i being a guy you know so i i i'll fully admit sometimes i'll find myself going down one of those rabbit holes of when i'm on instagram just because you know i'm I'm a guy and i see you know you know good looking woman on there and so then instagram starts feeding that into into my going into my feed and so it just can become pervasive and and so one, one thing that I do, and, and just a suggestion for a lot of uh, the male listeners out there is just do, do an Instagram purge, do a social media purge once a month or, or, you know, even one every, every three weeks. Like if you just find yourself in, uh, going down these rabbit trails that you just don't like, don't like being a part of the, you know, do there, there's an option. Like you can clear that out of your, your feed. And when it brings it up in your suggested feed, you can click on it and say, I'm not interested in this. Show me something else. And, and, um, I've, I've had to do that several times. Um, but you know, there are the same traps for women, (laughs) just mm -hmm. coveting traps and all sorts of things. So yeah, (laughs) take control of your social media life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or even just one thing that a real practical thing that I, that I do sometimes during the workday, sometimes I don't work from home quite as much anymore, but even like last, last month I was working from home a lot and I would pick up the phone and just be distracted by it. And so one thing I would actually do is I would physically uninstall or I'd delete the apps of the Instagram YouTube app off, off of my phone during the workday. And then at the end of the workday, it was kind of like my reward for being productive during the workday was installing those apps back on. Cause you can, you can take those off of your home screen, but it's like, you know, what good is hiding the cookie? He was putting the cookie jar up if you know how to get to it. Right. It, it's, right. You know, and, um, that's a whole nother topic for, for another day, but, um, um, I, I do want to ask uh, another quick uh, question. It, it's kind of um, we talked about it a little bit, the the lack of guidance. But you know, what what are some of the things that are that are kind of universal across that uh, that women face in our culture today? Yeah. Oh man. So <laughs> I would say one, the feminism, uh, the feminist mindset that I discussed. Um, but coming at it from a biblical perspective we can see a lot of things in scripture that women tends tend towards um, sin pitfalls that befall women. Um, Obviously like men and women can fall into the same sins, but men and men and women have different sin tendencies in many, many areas. And so what I've observed with myself (laughs) being a woman and interacting with a lot of women, there's a few things. Um, One is, is bitterness um and i did a podcast with will spencer we talked very in depth about bitterness um but bitterness is a huge pitfall um for women and um especially in marriage because as it says in genesis when there's the the fall of mankind Mm -hmm. and part of the curse is your desire shall be for your husband but he will rule over you you see that in marriage that the woman resents the husband's leadership. So it's a bitterness, um, in, in relationships, bitterness in marriage. Um, I think the other thing too, is 
there's all these promises out there um, for both men and women, but from the woman's perspective of there's so much messaging about entitlement or so much messaging that we are entitled to certain things. Um, so, you know, you can have it all and just overblown self-love type of stuff. Um, you know, just, you know, be who you are and don't have to change for anybody. It's just this inflated egotistical view of self and women are buying into it hook, line and sinker, um, because it, it appeals to the flesh. It appeals to sinful nature. Um, so just rampant entitlement, which I would say feminism is the perfect manifestation of, um, another thing that I think women are facing, um, is lack of purpose. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't really understand what are we created for? Um, because again, our culture doesn't think in those terms, what are you created for? You can be whatever you want. Um, but we're not looking at God's word, how he designed us and finding purpose in that. If you're not looking there, you're coming up with all your own ideas and it's, um, it's going to lead you nowhere. So, um, those are just some things that come to mind based on Mm -hmm. my observation. Yeah. I, and I, I I do want to echo too that, that, um, the lack of purpose, I, I think that's, that's a strong one for, uh, for men as well, uh, in, in today's culture, just because it, there's, there's similar messaging, like, yeah, you, you can be, be who you want and do, do what you do, what you want to do, what you want to do. Like, okay, you know, what do you want to do? What do you, you know, go, go out and do it. Why aren't you, you know, what, what's your calling? And, and it's like, it's not that, it's it's not that easy to to just be able to rattle that off off the top of your head a lot of times, especially if you haven't done any type of exploring into into God's word into what you know that uh, what true to my in my opinion what true mas- biblical masculinity you know uh, should look like and just f- finding out what we were created for and and kind of going back to the uh, to the the creations uh, uh, you know in, in the first part of Genesis was that. God created uh, man and woman to to rule and subdue subdue the earth, and and that was part of the curse of the fall because now we we can't you know rule the the earth like we were meant to, uh, like we were created to do, and so that that's we're we're seeing over the course of many thousands of of years that's that's weaved its way into the human spirit into the into the culture and we're starting to really really see the uh the the results of that and just how how aimless people are in uh, in in the world today and and um and I think yeah the 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 big the big lie especially that's told through through feminism is like you can you can have the career but you can also have the the family as and you know and or you can be just as fulfilled in 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 the career and being being and you know being an executive or or, or whatnot and as as you would be having children and, and there's many studies out there that find that that's just that's just not the case that, that, right you know and my uh, a member of my own family she i'm i'm thankful she was able to 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 have children uh, but it was later on in her life just because she was pursuing a lot of those career things and and that's not always you know that's that's not always going to going to happen because you know a lot of times 
you know, you, at a certain point, especially with, I, I've heard studies that like a lot of by 30, like 90% of a woman's eggs are, are gone, you know? Um, oh, wow. And yeah. yeah. And so it just becomes that much more exponentially difficult to conceive once you, once you pass 30 years old as, as a woman and, and um, you know, and, the 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 biggest thing that that I see as as a problem, and we were talking about we were talking about feminism, and is that there's an expectation, there's a lie of equality of outcome rather than equality of opportunity. And mm-hmm. my feeling is is like if 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 you're a woman and you want to go into the corporate world and you want to become partner at your firm by thirty, I mean if that if that's really what you want to do with your life, Mazel Tov. But then don't you know understand that it's going to come with it's going to come with cost it's it's going to come with uh, there's going to be reper- repercussions is that you may not you may not like to to face later on in your in your life when you're not able to have kids or when you've spent this whole time go- going up the ladder and you you haven't found that godly man that you want to uh to pursue you know to and where where you know the the classic phrase i'm sure you've you, you've heard it many times is like where have all the good men gone like well you know, they've, they're, they've, they've already, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's just a little, just a little kind of side branch, uh, off, off of that. But, um, um, I want to uh, change gears here a little bit and, and talk a little about, a little bit about you and, and your platform and, and your testimony. Um, so what, uh, what inspired you to, uh, to start this, uh, start this platform, the, uh, the feminine, not feminist, uh, platform across, uh, um, so you're, you're on Instagram. What other social media platforms yeah. are you on? Um, Instagram, Twitter, which I'm not like, Twitter just feeds into my Instagram. Um, and then I'm on, uh, Spotify and Apple. I have a podcast everyday wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but Instagram's my big one. Um, that's where people can find me. Um, but yeah, so I started it back in June of 2020. Um, because I had started implementing God's word into my life and my marriage and I was seeing fruit. And I wanted to share that. And I had been a little bit in the femininity, biblical womanhood sphere for, I just kind of lurked around on my other account and um, was gleaning some stuff and had a desire to start sharing. But I didn't know what that was going to look like. So I just started a page and kind of just dove right in, didn't really know what I was doing. And, uh, people started to come and, and resonate with the message. And I realized, oh, there's this whole community <laughs> here. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically the, the short of it. Okay. And uh, had, had you always been uh, a person of faith? Is that, uh, um, something that's always been a part of your life? What, uh, what's, um, I guess what's the, uh, the, the popular phrase in, uh, in Christian circles is what's, uh, what's your, your testimony is, is, yeah. So I became a Christian when I was about 14. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until 14 that I was like, I'm, I'm done <laughs> doing things my own way. And, just ask the Lord to have his way with me. Um, and so that was when I was 14 and I would say I grew very quickly in that time of like my, my early Christian years. I was just, I mean, just very, um, 
focused on the Lord and didn't actually think I was going to be married. I thought that I was going to go overseas or be a missionary, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I was just very single-mindedly on the Lord. Um, but then he brought my husband into my life. Um, we met when I was 17. So it, it was just kind of a, a whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yes, yeah, so I've been walking with the Lord for 10 years now. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's, that's really great to, uh, really great to hear it. And, and uh, um, just kind of a random rapid fire question that uh, just came to mind while you were talking is uh, what, uh, uh, what translation of the the Bible do you usually uh, go to and study from? I, I usually use ESV. Okay. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know there's a what, lot of, is that what you were raised on or, or when, when you were growing up? Um, I, there was no set translation um, that was like, promoted. So, I mean, the, I think the KJV is nice. I think the NKJV is nice. The NASB, um, the e, um, NIV 1994 is good. Mm, and then okay. they get kind of weird, but um, from what I understand, but yeah, I like ESV and I started memorizing in the ESV mm. several years ago. And mm-hmm. so now I don't want to switch from the ESV. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've already started memorizing in that and I don't want to like mess up translations. Right. Yeah. But yes, I, I read the ESV mostly. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, I'm, uh, I, I'm, uh, I like the new living translation. Um, okay. that's one that I, um, that I usually study from a lot. I also really like the, uh, the amplified version, um, just cause there's a lot of extra words and, and, uh, and meaning into, uh, into many of the verses and, um, actually our, uh, lead pastor at, uh, at my church. He's, he's done some, a few sermons here uh, lately in the, his previous sermon series where he read from the, the amplified version. Um, so that's, but, uh, the way I describe the new living translation, um, is that if, um, the message in the NIV had a baby, I think it would probably be the, the new living translation. So, okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, um, but anyway, that's just kind of a side one that just kind of kind of came to mind, you know, while we were talking here. But um, uh, we're going to take a quick break. I do have a couple more uh, more questions for uh, for Annalise of uh, Feminine Not Feminist. Uh, but uh, um, we're going to take a quick break here. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast Rebirth Episode Five. Uh, joining me from the uh, the great state of Arizona, uh, uh, Ms. Annalise of uh, Feminine Not Feminist, uh, and uh, I am your host, John Waltz, from uh, uh, just south of the Music City in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, so, uh, Annalise, just a, a couple uh, quick questions here for you for this uh, next segment. Uh, I know that uh, you you are. 
you're, you're a wife and you're a mom. And, and I just want to, uh, one thing that I ask a lot of, of my male guests who, who are, who are fathers and husbands, I ask them what, what they love about, about their role as, as father and husband. So, you know, coming at it from the, uh, the flip side, you know, what, what do you love most about being, uh, being a wife and being, uh, being a mom? Yeah. Well, I love taking care of my people. <laughs> it gives me a lot of joy, um, and being creative about it and coming up with like, it's, it's not, it's not a bare minimum sort of thing. It's really fun to be able to express that nurturing spirit and to be able to explore how better to take care of my husband, my son, um, and from everything to how I cook, um, to, you know, how I take care of the house and the things I plan, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very fulfilling and joyful, um, to take care of them. And, um, the other thing I would say is that I like who I am as a mother more than before. Uh, I guess something that I've talked to my husband about, um, is just, the, the safety and protection within marriage. And when I think about the person I would be if I hadn't gotten married young and I hadn't met my husband and, um, you know, obviously the Lord would have taken care of me and everything. And I understand that, but I just see so much growth interpersonally that I know just came directly from, from being married. Um, and now from having my son, and the person I am is just much more compassionate. Obviously, I have a lot of a long ways to go, but I'm a far more compassionate person, um, far more kind, far more discerning, I think, in many ways. And I owe all of that first to the Lord. But he really used being a wife and being a mother to work those qualities in me. So, I mean, I like who I am as as a wife and as a mother. So a lot of women talk about losing their identity, you know, I became a mom and I don't know who I am anymore, but I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like I, I like who I am now <laughs> in mm. a way that's new. It's different. And I, and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can tell just by the way that, uh, way that you talk about it, you, you, your, your face lights up, your eyes light up. You, there's a different, um, there's a, there's a glow about you when you, when you talk, when you were talking about that and answering that question so that, uh, I can, we can, and I hope, hopefully that comes through, uh, comes through well on the audio as, uh, as well. Um, but, uh, um, one thing I, I do, I do want to ask, a, a little bit about, um, one of the things that I, that I ask kind of to, to wrap everything up when, uh, when I do have guests on is, is what advice they would give to, uh, to a young person who's kind of trying, still trying to find their way in the world. Um, and, and so I, I do want to pose that question to you. So I, what type of advice would you give to a young person who's, uh, you know, who's trying to make their way in the world, maybe is, is a little bit down on life, down on society, trying to just, just maybe wanting to, to become that lone wolf or to become, you know, to, to kind of unplug from society there. What, uh, what advice would you, uh, would you give someone in that situation? Yeah. So you can give me your thoughts on this as well. Um, but what immediately comes to mind without hesitation is that every, everyone needs to be, and if you're a Christian, this is church, um, and your church community, but everyone needs to be surrounded by wise people and by people that know them deeply, love them deeply, care for them deeply, 
you cannot do things. You cannot do life on your own. Um, and so obviously coming from it, at it from a Christian perspective, you need to be in a good church. That is a non-negotiable. If you want to grow as a Christian, if you want to grow as husband, wife, mother, like that is um, essential. And, and on top of that, not just being in a church, but actually letting yourself be known and um, sorry, I just found a bug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, I might, I might, I don't know. I, I don't do a lot of editing, but uh, you can keep it in there, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yes, letting, and again, you can let me know what you think about this, but you absolutely cannot do life by yourself. Um, and you need people not who will surround you and just pat you on the back and tell you that everything's fine. You need people who are willing to say, Hey, this is a character flaw or, Hey, we need to talk about this because that's love. Like love isn't just, no, you're doing great. And ignoring all the red flags, love is going to point those things out. Um, and so, so that would be my advice. Be deeply known and loved and cared for in a community and then be willing to receive the correction and the wisdom of the people that are around you and just soak it up. Proverbs says that if you get anything, get wisdom. It's better to get wisdom than to get gold and mm -hmm. jewels and it's the best thing you can get. So yeah. Yeah. don't, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't walk, run <laughs> Right. And, yeah. and get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would um, I, I would echo that. And there's there's a few things that uh, that come to mind as far as, you know, if I'm, you know, or ever in a position to speak into a uh, specifically a young man's life is is um, believer or not, you've got to have some type of community and some type of group of people around you to, uh, like you said, to to love on you, to not just hold you accountable, but to to face life with and go through, uh, go through some adversity with, and, and cause that's the only way that, uh, that you're going to grow. And I, uh, I was on, um, my college football team many, many years ago. Gosh, it's been 18 years to be, be coming up on 20 years here very soon, but we only came together as a team when we went through adversity as, as a team. And that's mm -hmm. the life works the same way. You don't, grow and come together, uh, until you, you get work through some adversity. And so, uh, life's going to throw plenty of adversity at you. And so you just need to find some people around you to do that. So if you're not a believer, um, first off, I would, I would encourage you to, to reach out, reach out to Annalise, uh, reach out to me, reach out to you know, anybody that you would find uh, online who is a believer will be happy to share about our relationship with, uh, with Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, find, find a group that you can be, be a part of. There's, there's men's groups, there's women's group on online that you can be a part of. Another thing that I would say is, um, I think everybody at some point in their life needs some type of, uh, some type of therapy. Um, I don't, uh, I wouldn't shy, I wouldn't shy away from that. You might be the person that needs to be in therapy for, you know, off and on for, for many years and that's okay. Uh, you might yeah. be the type of person that might only need three sessions and, and, you know, can make that change in three sessions, but find a qualified therapist and someone find a qualified therapist 
obviously I'd, I'd, if it were, if it were me giving advice to my son or, or younger brother or cousin, I would say, you know, find a faith, someone who's a faith-based therapist or someone that, that, that you can trust in that regard, because a lot of this woke culture is kind of weaved into mental health as well. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely treacherous waters to be, to be had there. But, um, um, and, and another thing is that, um, when you do get into this group, when you, these groups, when you do find those people, and when you're in the, those, those therapeutic sessions, don't hide things, don't withhold things, put it all out there because of the only way that you can find real and lasting and true healing is to just let these things out. And, and, you know, you're, you're, you're seeking out these safe places so you can, you can speak on, so you can speak on that and, and find that healing. Um, I would highly encourage, um, any young man to read, uh, read wild at heart by John Eldridge. I think that's the, the, the first, um, that actually, I read that before I became a Christian. And that was one of the things that led me to my relationship with Christ and, and what it is today. And so I would recommend that, uh, if you're a young woman read, um, captivating or read free to be me by Stacy Eldridge or, or becoming myself, anything that Stacy Eldridge has written, uh, some really great material that, uh, I haven't read through all of those obviously because they come from the feminine perspective, but I've heard clips and excerpts from, from those. And there's some really solid material, uh, in, in those as well. So I, I would say, you know, be, be a sponge, read, read those books and, and even, you know, uh, community like, like, like Annalise said, like so many people say, um, you can't do life alone. You can't be that lone wolf and, and isolate yourself and, and just be real and authentic because, you know, a lot of, a lot of what you see today online is just an elaborate fig leaf. So the, yeah. the world needs, the world needs less posers and, and needs more real and authentic people. Um, and so that's, uh, I, I, that would, that would be my advice. And, and, and a lot of that, uh, you know, uh, you know, echoes what uh, what you're saying, but uh, all right, uh, Annalise. Before we wrap things up here, um, where is the the best place for people to find you online? Yep. So if you um, would like to follow my Instagram, it is feminine underscore not underscore feminist, um, and you can listen to my podcast. It is Everyday Wife on Spotify and Apple, um, and then I'm also on Twitter under feminine not ist but everything that is on <laughs> there's not much on twitter that's not on instagram just some it's not that exciting but you can find me there um so yes thank you so much for having me yeah thank you thank you yeah and we'll have uh, we'll have links to uh, to her podcast website and uh, her instagram profile they will be in the show notes um, any, any books that we referenced during the, uh, during the episode, we'll have links to Amazon links to those. So you can, uh, can pick those up, but, uh, but she is, uh, she is Annalise of uh, feminine, not feminist and the everyday wife podcast. Thank you so much for, uh, for being on the show today and, uh, bringing a, uh, a woman's perspective to the world of, uh, of masculinity. We do, we do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. And, uh, uh I am your host, John Waltz. This is the discovering masculinity podcast rebirth episode number five, and I will talk to you all next time. <laughs>